the story of my life. No respect. That doesn't get no respect at all. The story of my life. No respect. That doesn't get no respect at all. They couldn't score and fell flat. And the 40 shots on goal was 40 shots on goal was a little deceiving. Yeah. And even though they had some really good opportunities, surprisingly, they need to play with that intensity. If those last three, four minutes, the Rangers sometimes don't play at their best level against lower-tier teams. Here's Johnny! Nope, this is Ranger Proud, the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud, here on the Bleed Blue Show. Yes, we are, the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud. Uh, off-season hockey for almost all the teams, but we've been eliminated last week, as you already know. Going to talk Gerard Gallant firing. Uh, we also got the uh, rest of the series. This is going to be a very short episode. Uh, Shout-outs to the guys, video episode. Uh, Scott, what's going on? I see you on the video, boss. How you doing, Glenn? We'll bring you up on if you want to join. And Carl, um, shoot me the message. I'll send you the link uh, right now. But, Scott, uh, I'm going to open up the audio. RP's going to be joining us soon. How you doing, sir? How's everything? Uh, doing well. Well, a little nervous. Uh, as you can see, I am rocking my uh, both Carolina and pre-Carolina attire tonight. That is how serious uh, I take this. I and right. you know, I wish I was more. Uh, I wish I was more mature because the Devils, in terms of just you know uh, trying to be an objective sports fan and hockey fan, the Devils are really a likable team just because of their youth, how well they drafted, how long this has taken. Uh, and I wish I was more mature, uh, and, and, but, but I can't be. I, I just – I am I, in high alert code red now uh, with, with, with them making a run here. I mean, I'm sure they, they felt the same thing about us last year, but uh, this is awful. It really is. So, good evening. <laughs> good evening, good evening. Yep, the, the Whaler uh, jersey looks good on you, boss. Uh Let's get the other guys on. Uh, Glenn, say hello to the people, man. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good, Steve. Uh, unfortunately, I tried to uh, – I clicked on the link for the Zoom, but uh, I needed an update, and it was uh, uh, it was just uh, upgra- upgrading way too slow. So um, I'll do that, and we'll do that next time. But uh, oh, anyway, yeah, I mean – uh, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I didn't want to like come on since I knew it was a short show, and I come on like the last ten minutes. Um, but uh, you know, uh, to Scott's point, um, I don't know if it's more mature. I mean, Scott, I love you the way you are, but you know, I always tell people that sports turns me into somebody that I'm usually not. Um, I'm usually not a mean, vindictive, revengeful person. But um, you know, when I, whenever I see teams that eliminate one of my teams and I see their fans taunting me basically through the TV. Um, in the next round, I want to see them taunted just like they taunted me. So uh, like I always tell people, sports turns me into someone that I'm usually not. So uh, I understand where you're coming from, even with the Hartford Whaler jersey. Looks great on you, Scott. Shout out Thank to Glenn. You, Thank you very much. Hold, hold, hold those thoughts, guys. Uh, Carl, what's up, man? How you doing? Checking messages if you want to join the video link, man. How you doing, man? Good evening, gentlemen. I'm actually eating dinner right now, so you probably don't want to see uh, a, a full face <laughs> of that. So we'll have to we'll have to take a rain check on that for this evening. All right, quick episode. Let's just jump right into it, man. Let's see, uh, Scott. Um, let's talk about the firing because uh, I found out the news 
leaving the Nick game in Miami. And I found out the news as it happened. There's no surprises that it happened because if you, you, I, and I think there's something that happened after, let's say, the games at the Garden. Um, if you don't mind, real quick, I'll go to the um, the article, you know, on Yahoo, you know, with the news, just, just just to share, but you know, you know, just to say that uh, what happened with the Rangers and Chris Drury. So, um, you know, and if you can see this here, right, Sky, you know, we will, we win as a team, we lose as a team. This is Chris Drury, and we're all disappointed, yada, yada, yada. We're, not, we're still not playing. And I think if I can reference the exit meetings, the good thing is no one wants to be left on the hook. So, you know, uh, Chris Drury's playing, uh, you know, diplomatic with his uh, firing of Gerard Gallant. But um, how do you see how that happened or transpired after the loss? I don't think you are surprised. I don't think most Ranger fans are surprised because you referenced his coaching history recently, Florida and Vegas. There's no surprise there. But um, not only the firing, uh, Scott, of, of, of Gerard Gallant, but also how do you see this? Who do you think the Rangers are going to target next? Then after that, uh, let's go to Glenn for his thoughts. Let's go to uh, Carl for his thoughts. I'll go on mute. Go ahead, fire away. You know, um, yeah, we, we did talk about this after the last game where I, I had said I didn't necessarily want to see him fired, but I would be okay with it. What I don't want is I, I didn't want him fired for the sake of being fired. You know, I, I was I really was interested in Joel Quenville. Now, you, you know, I, I don't know what you read online. I've seen that, that, that photo, that snip going around where supposedly they already said they're not interested in him. Okay, so be it. There's other names out there. My second choice would be Peter Laviolette. Um, he's had some great success, but he's also, and I brought this up, he's also got a short shelf life. Um, you know, he won the Stanley Cup in, in, in Carolina, lost the team, apparently, uh, according to my Canes fans, friends. And Philly, he had some great years there um, and apparently lost the team. So we could be looking at just another, uh, you know, another two- to three-year window. Um and from what I'm hearing, and, and I don't know if it's true because I didn't really get a chance to fact check it, um, um, people have been saying that players have been coming out and saying uh, that he lost the team um, there, or some kind of displeasure with him. Um, again, I don't know if it's true. Uh, it was, you know, it's on the Internet, so it has to be true. It's on social media. So, uh, but that is, I've heard that from several people about uh, supposedly some players said that uh, that they had lost interest and they had issues with him. So, uh Whatever. Uh, I was hoping to get three years out of him. Uh, we didn't. I mean, we, we could we could, we can bitch about it all day for those who want to bitch about it, but here we are. Uh, so I guess it's about. Uh, I guess if Quen- Quenville would be my number one, if he's not in the running, Laviolette. Those are those are the two. I'm hearing Messier's name thrown around, and here's the problem with that. He has no experience. You know, he would have been a great choice. I guess if you just look at him and, and you say you just he just screams coach like this guy. You know. It's not the talent. We know that. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, very short-lived coach. Uh, he just, you know, with that leadership, I just think he would make a great coach. But, the, you know, we, we, he should have gotten the job. 
uh, after AV and in between with David Quinn uh, because it would have been a no-lose situation. The Rangers were not a playoff team. They were rebuilding, uh, kind of like a, like a Marty St. Louis situation in Montreal. It's a throwaway year to see what he's got, see, see how he can, uh, you know, what kind of style, what he can do with what he's got. So that would have been the opportunity. Uh, now that we're in a win-now mode and, you know, a couple moves, I know the salary cap, it's, you know, who, you know but whatever, the, whatever happens in terms of who we lose, we're still the same two moves away that we were this season. So this is definitely, we're still in win-now mode. Uh, so I don't know about giving a guy with no experience, uh, you know, the key is to the Porsche uh, in a win-now mode. I think the window, they blew the opportunity there. So um, not in favor of Messier taking the reins on this particular team. Laviolette. Sorry about that. Looking for the uh, the mute button. Uh, RP, what's going on? Let's bring you on real quick to say uh, hello to the people and uh, go with the Glenn and, and Carl after that. But RP, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, how's it going, guys? How's everything? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. The guys are here. Yeah. The gang's are here. Um, it wasn't a. I gotta tell you, it wasn't a surprise that they parted ways, in my opinion. Um, you know, the, we all hear here saying things, and, you know, like everyone's been saying, you know, did they blow out with Drury early on? Um, the, to me, a, a key factor was, I don't know if anyone saw Truba's uh, interview, I think is when they broke up two days later. He said the, all the right things, but he kind of said it all too perfectly. You know, like he was biding his words not to say the wrong thing. And it, you just got the, the feeling, you know, he was saying what had to be said as a captain, but it wasn't what he really felt between player and coach. And, you know, I mean, I personally thought he lost the locker room. I don't think they were playing. You know, it's hard to say in the playoffs how can guys not play hard. So I, I don't think they weren't playing hard. I just think it was another factor. The Devils are playing so good. We have a lousy locker room right now. Things are going on, and I think it was a pileup of crap that eventually just, you know, took them down. Now, what about any thoughts on the, the next head coach before we go to Glenn and get his thoughts, and then Carl and get his thoughts on um, on the, trans, the, the transition on another head coach? There you go. I got to go. tell you. Hey, I'm, I'm scared. Scared. where's the scotch at? Where's the scotch at? Uh, I, I just got home from moving the girls from college. I don't got the scotch, but I got me a cigar clown's aftermath, baby. <laughs> shout out, shout out to um, the cigar clown. Um, you know, I got to tell you, I don't know who I want as the next coach. Um, I did read that Quinville is not in the market. The uh, the Rangers aren't asking the NHL or Gary Bateman directly to reinstate him officially. That's at least what I read. Um, I heard the Messier. I heard the Laviolette. I've been really liking uh, the, the Hoffa Wilfax coach, Knobloch. I think he's doing a great job this year in the AHL. And if you're going to bring someone within your system up and he's winning, it, it might not be a bad idea. He knows a lot of the players. He knows the system. He knows Drury. So I, I think I'm, I'm in, in favor of that. Um, I just think the other problem is do we have to keep getting the same coaches you know, it's like a coach carousel, La Violette, even with Gallant. And it always seems to be the same guys just moving around from team to team to team. You know, they're good for a while, and then they have struggles, and then they're good for a while, and then they have struggles. 
So I'm not all against getting someone that hasn't been in the rotation for a while. I, I can't say who, but if they were going to look at a minor league coach, someone that has experience, maybe not in the NHL, but as coach, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Not so much a college coach, someone in the American Hockey League who, who's familiar with the players and systems and, and and isn't scared to go up against a veteran or something. Not, not that Gallant was. Gallant just had no system. And he said that when he was first hired. He had said, I don't, you know, this is hockey. I don't per se have a system. They go out there and know what their job is. And that mentality is what got him kicked out. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, let me, um, let's go to Glenn and get his thoughts on that and then go to Carl. Uh, Glenn, uh, fire away. Uh, what are your thoughts on the um, the firing of Gerard Gallant? And who do you want as next head coach? And uh, Scott, RP, Carl, and Glenn and myself. Yeah, um, you know, I'm I'm uh, not surprised, uh, obviously. Um, I remember hearing about some blowout that they had, uh, Drury and Gallant, back in uh, around December when the Rangers had gotten off to that poor start and um, that the uh, the Truba throwing, uh, helmet throwing incident against Chicago kind of, you know, got the team going, and they went on a run, and it just didn't seem the right time for Drury to uh, to fire him. So I guess he figured he'd go the rest of the way. But I'm glad he got fired a few days ago because, as I mentioned to you guys last week, um, uh, I blame the players. I put the, the, the onus on the players for not coming out, particularly in the playoffs, uh, on fire. I mean, uh, you know, these guys are hardly paid. All they talk about is uh, there's not. All I want to do is win the cup, and how you come out, regardless of who the coach is, uh, the way they came out for for a number of those games against the Devils, uh, I I put that onus on the players. Um, but since I've had a few days to think about it, um, you know, I, I found some things interesting. We we heard about the uh, the player interviews that were kind of lukewarm. Um, and I don't know what the player's problem was, uh, why he may have lost the team. Um, you know, he's known as a player's coach. Uh, maybe they were, maybe, maybe this team was calling out for some kind of structure, uh, or some kind of, uh, a system to play, um, that maybe they felt they didn't have. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, they should be careful what they wish for. Uh, because, uh, you know, the Rangers, now the pattern has been from uh, Rennie, who's the player's coach, to Tortorella, to A.V., to Quinn, to, you know, we've kind of alternated going back and forth between disciplinarians and, uh, uh, you know, players' coaches for a number of years now. Um, So hearing that the the players were kind of lukewarm about it, I wonder what the problem was. And I guess we're never going to, really know that uh one of the comments that galant made uh in in that uh, interview that uh he had before he got fired he said something to the effect of um i don't care about talent it's great to have talent but uh you know i want uh, uh checking and you know tough play and you know whatever else um makes me wonder if there was a a problem the problem between drury and galant was about the structure of the team. And maybe Gallant didn't want Patrick Kane. Um, 
because Kane came in and maybe maybe Gallant was told, all right, we got him, put him on the first line, put him on the first power play. And maybe Gallant didn't yeah. want to do that. Um, you know, so that makes me wonder if, if, you know, reading between the lines there, uh, if Gallant would have rather they went out and got somebody like uh, Garnet, ha- uh, Garnet Hathaway, like uh, Boston did, that he was looking for someone more along those lines. Um, and, and I wonder if that's behind some of the problem that Gallant wanted different players than uh, Drury uh, gave him. Uh, the other thing that um, I've realized here, too, I think, is that, you know, we hear about, you know, Kreider's a leader and Mika's a leader and all these guys are leaders. But you know what? From what I've seen, this team ha- really doesn't have locker room or on-ice leadership. I-, I truly don't believe that. Uh, they don't have anybody who's going to grab guys by the back of their jersey and, and, and make them – uh, you know, and, and bring them along and drag them along with them and, and uh, you know, carry the team for a while. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think about the last few years where uh, there were opportunities to name a captain, uh, and a captain was never named. Uh, they kept giving out A's, but they couldn't decide who they wanted to be the captain of this team. And I wonder if it's because and now that was two managements. That was, uh, you know, when J.D. and Gorton were here. Uh, and, uh, uh, I, well, I guess they, they named Drew when, when Drury came in. But, um, you know, I wonder if that was the reluctance to name a captain because they really didn't believe that guys like Ryder or Mika, and, and I didn't either, uh, were the type of leaders that a team needs. And, and to me, watching the, the Devil Series particularly – and the season, how they were really, you know, they went on that great string uh, after Christmas. But, you know, we were talking a lot of times how this team was coming out flat in the first period, how they were, you know, they'd, they'd play great one game and then they'd throw out a stinker or two. Um, and uh, this team to me just doesn't seem like the type of team that can police itself, um, that might need a stronger coach to keep everybody in line because, you know, I, I go back to the AV teams. I mean, to me, that team had guys that uh, you could, uh, the team could police themselves. Uh, you didn't have to, uh, you know, <laughs> keep everybody in line, keep lighting fires under people and everything. I thought that team with Hank and Zook and, you know, going back to when they had Callahan and McDonough, um, I thought that team, you know, was okay to have a coach like AV uh, because that team could take care of themselves. And I think there's a, 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 a leadership issue on this team that needs to be addressed. So that may be, uh, you know, what they do as far as the coach goes. Um, I've never been a big fan of Laviolette. Uh, Quinville, um, I would certainly be happy with, but I don't know if all the hoops that the Rangers and the league would have to jump through to reinstate him is something that uh, they really have a, an appetite to do. Um, I've never been in favor for exactly what what Scott said, uh, I think about Messier, you know, not having any experience. Um, but I'm kind of feeling now that this team's got, they may have a bigger window with you know younger guys being brought up and everything. But this team with these vitter, veterans, I think, has a window now of like a couple of years. Um, and uh, although 
you know, I've hey, Glenn, no, no disrespect, but come on, we got we got to get to Carl, man, because I'm, this I'm, is a short. Well, I'm trying to cover everything. I'll let you go. Um, I, right. you know, Messier might be somebody who can light a fire under these guys and give them the structure they need. Sorry. Yeah, we'll, no, we'll get back to that. Uh, Scott, I saw you pumping your fist. I think that was Netches on the goal for Carolina. Carl, your thoughts, and then we'll try to speed it up to get around so we can get uh, final thoughts on what happened with the blue shirts and around uh, the remaining series. Carl, your thoughts on uh, uh, the Gallant firing, and who should we go after that? So this firing, independent of the – just frustrates me from this standpoint, right? Um. When he was hired, he had a reputation for being exactly what RP said, that he was a, a player, you know, let the players police themselves. You know, essentially he, to put it in sort of like a work perspective, someone that lets you, you know, handle your own business and does not micromanage and be overbearing, which from what the, when, they, when most of these guys fired the last coach, they complained that he was too overbearing in terms of Quinn. Mm-hmm. And it's basically the same five guys that got the coach fired this time. I mean, I refuse to believe that the general manager was going to any of the young players and, and then made the decision that, oh, you know, I think we probably should. I think it's the same five guys that had a problem with Quinn that have the same now the problem with, with, with Gerard. So if you knew his, his pedigree, if you knew his reputation before he was hired, which was X's and O's are not great, but everything else, you know, kind of a, you know, a relationship builder, then – you can't then complain about him not being able to make adjustments and all this other stuff that, you know, seems to be trickling out, you know, since the time he has been fired. Apparently, according to the reporting, I think Glenn may have seen the same reporting I did, Drury had a problem with him going back to the end of the conference final last year. And that Mm -hmm. as early as the middle of November, he was making phone calls to uh, investigate Mm -hmm. potential other coaches, which means that he was already – 15, we were talking, I think I joined you guys around the 20-game mark of the season where I was like, I'm not too, too sure this team's going to make the playoffs. So basically, the general manager was already looking to fire the coach right then and there. I, what am I supposed to do with that? So the season plays out. They, they, ended, up, they ended up losing. Oh, all right, that's fine. But I, the thing that I'm sort of stuck on is, you know, I can't ask – the coach to motivate players in a postseason series. If the players themselves cannot do that, I can't help them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there are, as I'm looking, there's about seven or eight, there's at least eight guys that have, that have at least seven or eight years experience on the team. If they can't motivate themselves, then that means you have the wrong set of players. And I feel like we're trying, a, a portion of the fan base has been trying to avoid that discussion. They, there's not really an introspective of looking at these players and say, wait a second, are, are these really the guys that are in, that are the guys that, we're, that we need to, to carry this through? Because the evidence is coming in right now that it probably isn't. And so the other thing, too, is that you also have a very flawed, intractable roster. You know, one of the things that keeps getting complained about is, you know, the guys don't want to go to the dirty areas. They don't want to get gritty goals. They don't want to go to the net. They don't want to back check. Well, this team, the way it's constructed, is not going to do that. You're not going to get a coach that's going to force these guys at the, at the years that they put into the league of not doing mm-hmm. it to suddenly mm-hmm. do that. So now, if that's the case, and you're going to go into this search and to find the coach, Knowing what we know now with these guys, these guys are not going to be who, – who, 
the, the, third, the coaching pool right now is basically littered with a whole bunch of guys that you just put in a hat and just pick out a name. They're all about mm-hmm. the same. You know, yep. the fans want – the fans basically want a guy that can build young players, uh, relationship build, be X's and O's, essentially asking for the perfect coach. And if you're lucky, you may get three of the five, three of the five things on the list. So now mm-hmm. you're also asking this new coach – to not get any grace period, it's essentially win the cup next season or you're going to be fired. How does any coach coming into that situation deal with that? Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's an impossible spot. So Absolutely. now, so so we want so we have we have a flawed team. We 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 fired the coach because of a whole host of reasons that we can't really explain. But we want the next coach to now take this intractably flawed roster and basically have them do something that they are incapable or, let me rephrase that, perhaps have refused to want to do. Where do you go from there? Because it reeks of a situation where they'll probably be good enough to get about 100 to 105 points again next season. But – there really is nothing to indicate beyond just the talent on the team that they really have anything else more than that. And I wonder now, if you flip the results of the last two seasons, what I mean by that is, let's say they would have lost in the first round of the playoffs last season. You know, he might have been fired then too, but made the conference right. final this season. Does all this get reevaluated? Perhaps. I don't know. But I, I, I feel like that had – because it's been I've been something I've been saying for a year now. Like, hey, I got a feeling that you know, that Pittsburgh series. I, if Crosby doesn't get concussed, I still believe they lose the series. That's what I believe. I've been I've been on that for like a year and change. I agree. And and so <laughs> they get the result there. And so what might have happened is that the team, because of the fact that they got to the conference final last year, maybe there was an overinflation of what the team actually was that then manifested itself into this season, which was win the cup or else everyone is fired. Because right now, going into the next season, with the cap as it is, with potential, um, you know, casualties uh, on the roster, you're in a bad spot where you have no flexibility, you have a roster that's sort of what it is, and you're asking the coach to basically win the cup next year. I don't know how you do it. I agree with that. I, I got to tell you, just to, to jump on what Carl was saying, some people are going to think I'm crazy. We all remember Mike Gartner, great regular season goal scorer, a horrendous playoff performer. Just wasn't his thing. Panarin's in that spot. I don't think yep. Panarin has the grit and the grind. He's great in the regular season, but you can't play that same style in the playoffs. You can't play with the puck on the sideboards and expect to make that perfect pass all the time. If the teams are much better in the playoffs, they play at a different level in the playoffs, and, you know, even Zabanajad, they were showing a stat in the first five games of the playoffs last year, he had no goals against the Pens. He had the same problem this year against the Devils, and I think that these guys just, I don't, you know, you, the coach gets fired because you're not going to fire, my, my dad always says it, you're not going to fire all 23 players, so the coach is going to take the heat a lot of times. I don't think this team is set up for winning 16 playoff hockey games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's sad to say, because we're all Ranger fans, and on paper they have a 
a solid hockey club. But when you go to the playoffs, you need a combination of great goaltending, gritty players, and a coach that will make decisions on the fly. And the Rangers only have one of that. Shesterkin played like that. I think he had a, what was it, a 9-3-8 save percentage in the playoffs and couldn't get out of the first round. You, you can't ask for much more of that from your goaltender. You, you just can't. Uh, you look at what Lindy Ruff did against the Rangers. That guy made adjustments in-game and before a game, every game. Even when they were winning, he was changing his lineup because he wanted more. And I think I think as a coach, <laughs> that's what you – that, that's what you want to see. I think if Gallant would have been making changes and things weren't working out, okay, well, he tried. But to me, it's chaos to put the same players on the ice in the same position, get the same result, and just say, well, they'll do better next time. You, you don't have that luxury in the playoffs. And you didn't have – a lot of times the gritty guys, our fourth line was the best line on the ice because those three guys can play gritty hockey. Goudreau, Mott, and, and VC too many times with the best players on the ice. If, RP, if uh, if I was to tell you once we got rid of David Quinn that the next head coach would have a shorter stint than Quinn, would you have believed me? No, but I also I also think Quinn got the short end of the stick once Gordon went out. You guys know that. He was very right, right, right. to get the team growing, and, and he, look, he made a lot of mistakes, but you have to accept that when you're a rookie coach. And it's why the Rangers probably won't go with a Messier now. Well, I even heard people saying Lundqvist. He wouldn't want the job. He's been too good on television. Mm. But mm. to bring another rookie coach in after Gallant might be a considering a, a step backward. But then again, look, look at what's out there right now. Do you really want any of those guys behind the bench? I don't want Bobby Alette. I'm not. I was never a big – I like Quinville, but I think he's got too much baggage right now. I mean, there are no – I don't want Sutter, that's for sure. From Calgary, <laughs> I, I, so you kind of in the jackpot now of a rookie coach, an AHL coach, or someone that's been around that really hasn't done anything. Yeah, Scott, I think since the last time you talked, the Carolina Hurricanes probably had a good three or four goals. Man, I lost count. Yeah, but um, yep. if we could, if we can go around for final thoughts, uh, Scott. Um, you know, on the Rangers, um, the firing, and then anything else you'd like to add from the Blue Shirts. But also, if you want to touch on the game in session, you can see it on your screen on, on a delayed feed on the Hurricanes and Devils. Um, and then also, you know, what the Panthers are doing to the Tor- Toronto uh, Maple Leafs. And then the Kraken had ah, a big fun. game. Yeah. Um, they had a huge uh, second period versus Dallas. Just final thoughts. And, and – this is great, Scott. Um, to see your reaction, every goal while Glenn was talking, Carl was talking, RP was talking. I think this is the this, this is the good luck we need. We may, I'm superstitious like yeah. that. But Scott, go ahead, fire your thoughts because I know we're on a short episode on this. So go ahead, fire your thoughts, real quick. Yeah, I'm watching. Uh, I'm watching on a streaming thing, and I'm a good, I'd say. 45 seconds to a minute behind. So, the, so once you saw how I reacted, you you knew the goal. You saw the goal already. You were just you know waiting for me. You were just waiting for me. You knew it was coming. Uh, yeah, I'm going nuts over here. Carolina is just absolutely blowing the Devils out right now again, five to one. Yep. Um, five minutes left in a second for anyone who does not have it on. Um, 
Yeah, I think it was Carl raised a good point um, about, you, you know, whatever coach they do hire is in a really rough spot. Uh, you know, it's basically win the cup in year one uh, or else. Uh, now, in um, right before the 93-94 season, there was the uh, guy named Mike Keenan that came into his first year. Uh, <laughs> and so we, it has happened before, but, uh, yeah, the odds are – you know, it's a complete mess now with the, uh, you know, what coach is going to walk, want to walk into that. But in any case, uh, it is what it is. It'll be what it'll be. Uh, so, yeah, I think all eyes on the Hurricanes right now in that series, obviously. Uh, good for the Panthers. I mean, you know, everybody wants the Leafs out. We've talked about this. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, Can- the Canadian Cowboys, as uh, as I like to call them, uh, in terms of their fan base and whatnot. So, um, <laughs> they're down 3 nothing. Uh, you know, good for Florida. It wasn't just uh, – it clearly was not a fluke. I mean, Florida just got hot at the right time. And mm-hmm. uh, here they yeah. are, uh, proving that it was not a fluke. And and uh, they've clearly got a lot more left in the tank. So, um, you know, good for them. Um, I'd like to see Edmonton win. It's funny because I, I got a good friend out in Calgary, and in addition to hating the Leafs, he actually hates the Leafs more than the Oilers, the, the in-state rivalry, uh, believe it or not. That's, uh, that's how much people hate the Leafs in Canada if you're not a Leafs fan. Um, so I told him, I said, I can, I can share your Leafs hatred, but I can't with, the, with, with Edmonton. I just can't. You know, I, we're, we're tied at the hip. You know, Messier, Graves, taking in. McTavish, uh, Low, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on and on. I said, "How can I possibly root against that franchise for what they gave me?" Um, so that's that's interesting. Um, you know, Vegas uh, clearly. Uh, you know, they weren't really. I mean, they 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 they, they won their division, but they were kind of under the radar. Well, that's because pretty much all eyes were on the East all year. But uh, you know, Vegas uh, seems to be very good as well. And Seattle, another. Uh, uh, another Cinderella story. I'm not really rooting for them uh, because I do like, uh, I've always liked Dallas as well, not to mention my boss, my direct boss uh, lives in Dallas and is a massive Stars fan. <laughs> so I want her happy, you know, uh, <laughs> don't want an angry boss. Um, yeah, yeah, great series uh, all around. But, uh, you know, the, the Hurricanes <laughs> is my one and only uh that's my reason I'm alive right now. Just like Carolina, I don't knocking the Devils out. I am so terrified of the Devils right now. <laughs> Justin, Scott, man, good to see your reactions on getting those goals, man. It looked like an instant replay from my end. Like every time I look back, I'm seeing this. I'm seeing this. I'm seeing this. I'm like what the hell? Then I look over and say, Oh, I see. They scored another one, but I couldn't tell who scored the goals. But shout out to you, Scott, on your your final thoughts, Glenn. Give us a, a couple of minutes, man. Your final thoughts as we wrap up on a quick episode to get on about the head coach and uh, touch up on the second round. Yeah, just to finish up on the coach, it's going to be interesting to see where uh, uh, where Drury winds up going. Um, uh, you know, you, I've also heard the name of Knobloch, uh because he knows a lot of players. He knows the, the Rangers system and everything. But, you know, I, I think you're taking a risk with the, the situation that this team is in of bringing in somebody who hasn't really coached at the NHL level. Uh, I mean, you remember when Mike Keenan was brought in, as Scott brought up, uh, but Keenan had had success. He got to the finals with the Flyers. He got to the finals with uh, Chicago, I think, before he got here. So, you know, he had some success in the league, and he was what they needed. But remember also, we we now know all the friction between him and uh, uh, Neil Smith, uh, especially culminating at the end of the regular season, where, like Alant is saying, the Rangers traded away talent in Gartner and Amante to get guys like Noonan and Mateau and Craig McTavish, uh, where uh, Keenan knew those were the kind of guys that 
the Rangers needed at the time uh, to get through the playoff grind. So, uh, again, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm reading into what Gallant said about, uh, yeah, talent is great, but I want grinders and I want guys that are going to work hard and, and everything. So uh, that kind of reminded me of that. Um, I, I'm rooting for a uh, Florida-Seattle final. Uh, I think the NHL would love that. Uh, Gary Bettman would probably be pulling his hair out. Uh, but I'll just in general, rather, rather than getting into all of the series, I'm shocked at two things. All the goal scoring. I mean, I know the playoffs have changed in the last 10, 15 years to what it used to be. But, I mean, I remember playoff games were always 4-3 or less. Um, you know, you'd have the occasional blowout. But, I mean, there are just blowouts back and forth, you know. Uh, so many goals being scored. So many, uh, uh, like I said, blowouts. you got one team blowing out another team, and then the next game is the opposite. And uh, I'm just finding that uh, surprising and fascinating uh, in the playoffs this year. So, uh, anyway, let's go Seattle. Let's go Florida. Looking forward to it. All right. Shout-outs to you, Glenn. Thank you very much. And, Carl, your final thoughts, uh, blue shirts, and around the rest of the second round, uh, your final thoughts. Yeah, you know, the playoff yeah. of Glenn's point, you know, since last season when the increase in scoring happened, you know, that's kind of where we've been seeing it. It has continued again this year. You know, the days of the 2-1, you know, 2012 Rangers where you're basically holding on for, you know, the last 25 minutes of a game, you know, are basically over. If you can't, if you can't score in this league, you can't win. You know, and the Rangers have seen this firsthand. I think I tracked it, you know, the last two years and the eight losses that they've had to close out the season, they've scored seven goals. Like, there's no way you can win that way. Um, But I think the issue is, as we head ahead, as we look forward to the next season, you know, some of the guys that you might want to get rid of are point producers for the regular season. And you have to make the playoffs first before you even consider the 16-game grind. So while Panarin is sort of on the on the firing squad right now of a lot of folks, you have to sort of wonder, okay, if I decide I want to move this guy, first of all, you've got to figure this whole no-movement clause and all this sort of stuff. Okay, you want to move him. Am I getting back a replacement that's going to be able to help me get through the 82-game grind of the season? And if the answer to that question is no, well, then where do you go from there? And then, right. you know, Throughout the, throughout the playoffs, everything else has been pretty good. I'm a little disappointed in Dallas. My, my guy, Jake Ottinger, for some reason, they've been scoring goals in bunches on him uh, in game mm. one and game three. So hopefully he gets a chance to, um, to, to, to make amends for that tonight. But, you know, one last thing, too, and you have seen it now in this postseason, you see it last season, never take anything out of the first two games of a playoff series. It, it, it's almost irrelevant. It, it almost doesn't mean anything. So we did it last year when we went up 2-0 and then, you know, lost the games and then we're down 2-0 and came back. Don't take anything out of the first two games of the playoff series. You, you really don't know anything really up until about the fourth game where all the cards are on the table and then it's really just sort of the talent takes over after that. Those are hell of facts. Uh, home ice doesn't mean a thing, Carl. I agree with that. Yeah, and, Glenn, to your point, on my, on my final thoughts before we go, forward, before we go to RP, um, yeah, it's just scoring galore, scoring in bunches. You're just going to have to watch this thing to see how this thing develops from, like, like this Florida thing is pretty cool, knowing that they barely made the playoffs, and they took out the President's Trophy winner, and they're about to take out Toronto, or they, they're in a position to take them out. 
uh, with they just got to win one out of four. They're they're playing excellent hockey, man, and there nobody saw this coming, and that's the great thing about this sport. And I'll leave it at that. And and like you guys just said, you know, it's just mad. It's just so many goals. It's just like the, the devil uh, hurricane game in game three. Game three in Seattle is just just crazy with the air hockey goals. And those are my final thoughts. And shout outs to you guys. And RP, close this out, man. You're in uh, anything final thoughts for your blue shirts, rest of hockey, and we're, and we're out. I'm going to do this really quick. You've beaten the, the dead horse with the Rangers coaches, so we're just going to see what happens with that. The Toronto series, why they're losing? Nyland, Marner, Tavares, Matthews, no goals in the second round of the playoffs. That's why they're down three to nothing. I've been really impressed with the Oiler Vegas Night series. It's been my favorite series. And uh, the Knights don't even have their starting goalie and had a big win yesterday. So congrats to them. I look forward to see how that series turns out. And I'm Ranger Proud. I know you guys follow me on Instagram. But right now I'm dad proud. So big shout-out to my daughter, Alyssa, starting goalie for Ramapode. Recorder of 200 save, only the fourth goalie in history to do that. Nice. And a big shout out to my older daughter, Brianna, who Thursday night will graduate. Unfortunately, I have to go to the Prudential Center to see it, but she'll be graduating, captain of the team. Great job, girls. And uh, I'm going on vacation next week, boys, so I'll talk to you guys in a couple of weeks. Enjoy vacation, man, and shout-outs to the girls and on their achievements. RP, shout-outs to Scott. His reactions was <laughs> classic Scott. <laughs> well, anything against the Devils, is that's great, man. Shout-outs to Glenn on his thoughts and Carl and myself. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitch. We'll be back uh, 8 p.m. next week. Uh, pick up on the rest of the hockey, see wherever the Blue Shirts news, news around the league and uh, – a lot of looking in, in, in hockey games uh, as we get into the uh, the, uh, the third round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, so guys, thank you very much. Sangriyasu, ladies and gentlemen. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, 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 blee blue.